The Agriculture Department has launched a new round of fellowships at minority-serving colleges and universities to help educate what it calls the next generation of agriculture. The E. Kika de la Garza Fellowship Program is among several backing faculty at these schools. Here with more on the program, the Director of Youth Programs at the USDA's Office of Partnerships and Public Engagement, Tori Powell. Mr. Powell, good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Tell us more about these fellowships, and they seem to run in several parallel channels. Where do they go and what are they intended to do? Yeah, for 20 years, since 1998, we have run the Hispanic Serving Institutions E. Kika de la Garza Fellowship Program, where fellows come to D.C., they gain firsthand experience in policymaking and research um, at USDA. They learn about grants. They learn about the different programs that are available to them um, at USDA and other federal agencies. Based on the tremendous success of that program, we've um, opened it up and expanded the opportunity to faculty and staff at 1994 tribal colleges and universities and also our 1890 land-grant universities. The purpose of the fellowships is to connect fellows with USDA grants programs, federal resources, um, while focusing heavily on student development. Fellows learn sure. about collaboration opportunities. They learn about you know, uh, different sciences, different research innovations and research that is happening right now. And the fellows are faculty at these institutions? Correct. Faculty and staff. So it ranges from your, your dean of agriculture to, you know, a faculty who's doing just research to we've had presidents at these universities apply and attend. So the land-grant universities could be the big state colleges, in other words? Yeah. As long as they're, um, you know, an 1890s land-grant, uh, 1994 tribal college or a Hispanic-serving institution, they're eligible to, to participate. Just as a general piece of information, what constitutes an agricultural curriculum nowadays? Students learn hands-on techniques in, you know, botany, horticulture. Um, it ranges. Um, universities have different focuses, focus areas. So some students are learning about agribusiness and entrepreneurship, while other students at another institution are learning hands-on, you know, um, genomics and, and uh, the latest, greatest science uh, technology. Because I guess in the agriculture department's view of the world, agriculture is more than just farming, right? Yes, 100 percent. Agriculture needs all, you know, educational backgrounds to be successful. We need those folks who are great at programming, you know, drones to conduct the next generation of uh, uh, farming. We need people who are good at IT. We need good people who are good at traditional science. Uh, so we need all backgrounds. Because when you're driving down a country road and lucky enough to see, say, a combine, what you're really seeing <laughs> is not just a motor and some blades, but really a whole bunch of technology, GPS Absolutely. technology and so mm -hmm. forth, robotics that are focused almost inch by inch on farmland. So there's a lot of technological intensivity to farming. And I guess that's part of the education program also, correct? 100%. You're, you're spot on. The, the amount of the tech that goes into to farming these days, it, it kind of blows my mind. And I imagine that must be an appealing aspect of farming to, to Hispanic or tribal or really any student that might be thinking about this. It's not walking through the uh, hen house with your apron up, putting the <laughs> eggs in. Yeah, you know, when I, when I go out and I meet with students that are interested in pursuing careers in agriculture, a lot of them, they just want to know that there's an opportunity to succeed. They want to know if they're getting a degree in economics, that there's an opportunity for them to have a flourishing career and, and do something really cool with their lives, while also contributing to the, the ag industry. And even for those students who have never even experienced 
agriculture don't know where you know the their food comes from and things like that there's an opportunity for them to engage in agriculture through the lens of supporting mechanisms like engineering and IT and in science and technology fields we're speaking with Tory Powell he's director of youth programs in the office of partnerships and public engagement at the agriculture department so a fellow would get a grant under this program. and So it's not a grant program. They actually come to D.C. once they're selected as a fellow. They come to D.C. for an intensive kind of week-long experience where they're getting immersed in all of the USDA programs and resources. They sit down with USDA leaders and, and talk about policymaking. They talk about you know latest trends and demographics. They learn about all these different components of agriculture that they then take back to their home institutions and are doing some really amazing things. You know, we just got a, um, heard a story about one of the fellow, a previous fellows who's doing some amazing beekeeping research down in UT Rio Grande Valley. And that's a fellow that their experience at USDA and through the fellowship program, they're able to kind of take that back in and to their home institutions. In other words, the professors and teachers and instructors and researchers come to Washington and you hope they go home to their home institutions with much more knowledge that they can then apply in the research or in the classroom? Is that a good way to put it? That's absolutely spot on. This bee research is particularly interesting because that brings together (laughs) so many problems that are facing U.S. agriculture. There's pollution, there's disease, there's the falling bee population. So it sounds like you can really have some impact in some areas that really matter economically yeah. in terms of agriculture. That's what's so great about these programs. Every, you know, every time we turn around, there's another great story of previous fellow who is, is on the front line addressing some of these critical issues that are facing agriculture. They all point back to their time in D.C. and their time through the fellowship program as opening doors to you know, uh, research opportunities or even just opening a door to different topic areas of research that they previously weren't considering. And how does the program work day to day? These fellows, the year's crop of fellows, come to Washington. Where do they stay? Mm-hmm. Do they go to an agriculture conference room every day? And do they hear presentations? How does it work day to day? Yeah, day to day. I mean, it's exactly what you said. They are they're coming to DC. They they are at our headquarters buildings where our uh, many of our leadership are, and they're in a conference room and getting briefings and and having dialogues with USDA leadership. Um, They're also having dialogues with program staff who, you know, are are running the program so they can, you know, uh, in many cases voice, hey, you know, I've tried applying for this grant program and, you know, I haven't had success. What am I doing wrong? Or is there something that I'm missing? And they can have those intensive dialogues um, in this, in these kind of briefings throughout the week. They're also getting briefings from outside of USDA. So, you know, National Science Foundation will come in and, and do a presentation and meet with our fellows. Um, they'll learn about careers in ag so that they can then go back and take some of those the understanding of different career opportunities for their students back home. I'll bet it's a real treat for the people from the agriculture department to be able to have this type of audience. It is. I mean, the, uh, what's really cool is when you're, you're, you know, you're reviewing the applications for the fellowship and you, you're seeing these, this amazing work that these faculty and staff are doing and you meet them face to face and they're they're everyday people like me and you and they're doing just amazing work in their communities. And do they get a field trip on a field trip, say to Greenbelt, to see some of the agriculture research being done by USDA? Yeah, we're, we're always, uh, every year the program looks a little different, and this year will look especially different given that we're opening it up to 1994 tribal colleges and 1890 land-grant um, faculty and staff. You know, we try and match the faculty and staff with science and research and, and programs that they're working on and, and or that are compatible 
um, with USDA mission areas and, and um, priorities. So every year it looks a little different. So sometimes, you know, going out to Beltsville is an option. Sometimes coming here and we have, uh, you know, opportunities here in our, at our D.C. headquarters for them to engage in hands-on experience. And how many fellows will you be able to accommodate this year? Historically, we've brought on around 20. This year will likely uh, be around that number, 20, 30. It all depends on budgets. It all depends on applicants, the, the number of applicants, the number of folks that are actually qualified um, to participate. So it all depends, but around 20 to 30 in a given year. And for other agencies that might be contemplating a similar type of program in their domain, who pays for the living expenses and the travel expenses for the fellows to and from Washington and while they're here? USDA covers the, the full expense of their travel. We really recognize the importance of this program, it's one of many programs that, you know, are really designed to kind of look at the, the future of ag holistically. So we're, we cover the cost of, of that program. And I think when you put your money behind something, it kind of tells you the, where it falls in priority. And that's exactly what we, we've done is we've said this is a priority and, and funded this program. And when during the year will this week take place? I mean, it happens early summer. So I think this year we're looking at early June, June 15th to 20th is what we're looking at. So the corn will be up by then? Sure. <laughs> I'm not versed in uh, uh, the seasonality of corn, but... I think so, at least in this part of the eastern seaboard. Tori Powell <laughs> is Director of Youth Programs in the Office of Partnerships and Public Engagement at the Agriculture Department. Hey, thanks so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Pop quiz, what can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.